2: LMFM Podcasts. Brought to you with Cartmacross Credit Union, where you'll find the best car loan to get you on the move. Talk to one of our team today at Cartmacross Credit Union O'Neill Street or Cartmacrosscu.ie.
3: It's a while since we have, but today we are going to, yes, talk to Talons once more. And I'm delighted to welcome back to Late Lunch after a while away. Deirdre Moran, solicitor with Talents. You're very welcome, Deirdre. Hi, Good to see you again on the show. We're talking Wills on Late Lunch this afternoon. If if you have a question I'll remind you again 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text or 185715958 if you'd like to call in. Now dear this is a hot topic anytime we talk about it on the show. So let's begin at the start. Why is it important to make a will?
2: It's very important to make a will because it's going to be the last thing that you say to the most important people in your life. Also you it gives you control in relation to your property and assets. And if you have young children, you should have a will in place because if you die and they're under the age of 18, you need to have a trust set up uh, whereby uh, their finances can be looked after properly. And also you need to address where are they going to live? Who are they going to live with in the event of your death?
3: So if we just try and focus in on this. If you're a young person growing up at home, starting off in life, coming up into your teens, you maybe you start, you go studying or you start your first job. A will is not that important there. As soon as you own property, enter a relationship, uh, will there be two defining moments in life?
2: Owning property and having children, whether you're married or not married, are the two important times that you need to consider making a will. What
3: are the... Serious implications if you don't.
2: If you don't make a will, the rules of intestacy apply, and I'll just take you through them so you get yes. an idea of how it works. So, if you don't make a will, and you're married, or um, there's no longer civil partnerships, but there there may still be some um, in existence because of you know it's been assumed into the same sex marriage act. If you don't have a will. Well, then you're in and you have no children. The entire estate goes to your spouse. That may not be what you wanted, but then again, that's impossibly fine for most people. If you have children and a spouse, your children get one third of your estate and your spouse gets two thirds. If you don't have a spouse and you don't have children and all you you have are your parents, well, your parents will get uh, your estate. If you don't have parents living and you only have brothers and sisters, it'll go to the brother and sisters equally or if one of those has died to their children equally. If you don't have uh, brothers and sisters and you have nieces and nephews, it'll go to them equally. If you don't have nieces and nephews, we're now going out to the more extended family. Whatever relatives are there, it'll go to them equally. If you have no relatives, that's when it goes to the the government, to the state as such. So you can see those rules of intestacy may not reflect what you want as a person. So you have to take back the control Uh, by making the will.
3: So it is so important. If you don't do this, you're handing it over to others, really, to make decisions for what you leave behind and you have no say on it.
2: Exactly. Simple as. And since 2010, with the Cohabitants Act, there's a new category of people that can come into uh, this situation of both wills and intestacy. And it's an unusual situation. It's an an unusual category of people. You can only be what's called a qualifying cohabitant if you've been living together in an intimate, uh, committed relationship for five years if there's no children and two years if there's children. And there's been some interesting case law on what is uh, a qualifying cohabitant and how uh, you can make a claim on somebody's estate if you say that you are. And Have you a case? Have you an example yes, of this? There, there was a recent case in 2015, DC versus DR, that was in the high court. And it involved a farmer in his 60s who was uh, also a horse trainer. And he was involved with a lady in her 60s. And he had lived with his mother and she had lived with her mother. And uh, they started to become intimate uh, in 1995. Uh, and when his, her mother died in 1996, they became more committed. He would go and stay with her two or three days of the week while minding his elderly mother. And she inherited quite a lot of land. She inherited over three million in land. And so they enjoyed a very nice lifestyle of going to the races and uh, leisure clubs and uh, got new cars. And then she got cancer in 2009. And while she was successful in beating it for a period of time, it came back in 2013. And she considered marrying him, but was told by the local priest she had to give three months notice. That three months notice could have been foreshortened if she had been advised of that by making a court application, but she didn't. So she died without marrying him and without making a will. And she had three brothers. Now, she was 69 years of age, as well as that, when the gentleman's mother died, he actually moved in with her. So they had been living together, enjoying this nice lifestyle. They were in their 60s from a farming background down the country. The brothers... uh, believed that they were just friends. They had never believed that they were anything more than friends. So the farmer contested her estate on the basis that he was a qualified cohabitant. And the judge had to look at all the circumstances of the case and decide, was it an intimate relationship? An intimate must mean sexual. Was it committed? Uh, And was he dependent financially on her? Because you have to prove that, to get what's called redress out of somebody's estate. And the fact her brothers didn't know that they had been intimate, the judge felt was not a bar to him succeeding because you had to take the context of the case. They were people in their 60s in a period in Ireland where living together wouldn't have been considered the correct thing to do. And she was a private and discreet person who had not told her brothers fully of the intimate nature of the relationship and he succeeded because he could prove that he was dependent he when he was living with his mother made no alternative arrangements for accommodation because he moved in with her and he assumed always that that was his accommodation so the court found in his favor
3: and did he get all our percentage
2: no he got he, he got, got redress all. oh my god
3: isn't that an interesting case and a real telling one as well on to this point. Can can I make a will myself uh, without going to a solicitor?
2: Yes, you can, but you would have to be very careful how you do it because there are certain rules, um, there's certain ways in which a will must be made and it's complex enough for solicitors to remember how to do it correctly and how to word it correctly without somebody doing it on their own. The possibility is that the will may be found to be invalid. So, the advice would be go to your solicitor.
3: And they will guide you through what is needed to make a will. What do you need? What do you need to bring to a well, solicitor? you need
2: to be over 18 years of age. You need to be of sound mind. Um, and you come with details of your uh, assets and your potential beneficiaries. We'll talk you through it. We have um, a standard checklist that we use when people come in to make their wills. And some of the questions are a little bit personal but there are reasons why we ask them uh, so that we can get a full picture and then we can advise the person accordingly so what we do is we go through a standard checklist we'll ask you are are you married are you single are you cohabiting now that you can see how relevant that is Uh, do you have foreign property because that can be significant do you have children Uh, if you even when you're married we have to ask the question, do you have non-marital children? Because that is relevant. And you have to ask them about their health. Because even though somebody sitting before you could be in their 40s, they may be experiencing minor strokes. And that might affect their ability to give you legal instructions. So you have to ask the person's age, you have to ask about their health. Then you will take them through an asset check. So you'll ask them what their assets are and everyone's major asset is their house. And you need to know where's the title documents. Generally in a lending institution, if they have a mortgage, if they don't have a mortgage, it could be at home, which you should never do. Never have title documents at home. So you need to find out all of those things. You need to find out what bank accounts they have, where they are. You don't need to know what's in them, but where are they? Uh, Do they have life policies? Do they have prize bonds? People forget the prize bonds all the time. Do they have a post office account? Building society account? Pensions? These are all the important things that you need to know because you need to go through with them what do they want to do with each asset. Yes,
3: and where do they want it to go? Who do they want it to leave it as well? What about the witnessing of a will? Who can witness the will?
2: A will has to be witnessed in a certain way. The person has to be, who's signing the will, in a room, with the two witnesses at the same time. So wh- why it's, while it says a will requires two witnesses, the witnesses must be physically present. And that
3: is so important. There's no way around that. No. They will that be invalidate a will if yes. they're not there?
2: Yes. Can
3: the executor of a will, that's the person who's given responsibility for carrying out the wishes of the will, be a witness? No. So the executor can't be a witness.
2: But the executor can be a beneficiary.
3: Okay, that's a major distinction there. So yes. It is. is it best really that you would get, if you go into a solicitor's practice, which most people do, to get a couple of people in the practice to do the witnessing?
2: We generally have uh, the solicitor and a secretary witness the will.
3: Okay, and that's that works well like that yes. and everything is done properly. Yes. Where should a will be stored?
2: A will should be stored with your solicitor. And the reason for this is we have a fireproofed strong rooms so that if anything happens uh, to our office, at least the will
1: PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. will be safe. The title documents
2: and wills that are stored there are safe. If you keep your will at home, You could lose it, you could misplace it, your house could go on fire, you may not have a fireproofed area that would uh, protect it, and then you die intestate.
3: How often can I change my will?
2: You could change your will every day if you wished. A will speaks from death, so technically you could, although it'll cost you a lot of money if you were going into your solicitor every day to change your will, but you should certainly review your will on a regular basis.
3: How, how much do you mean by regular there?
2: It depends on everybody's individual circumstances. As we go through life, things happen. We gather assets. We might end up with a second property. We could be very lucky, as we've seen recently around the Drogheda area, and you could win the lotto. Yes. So a change of circumstances that is significant requires you to reconsider what you have. in your Don't will.
3: leave it there for years and years and not revisit it. Can you find out if somebody's made a will, even though they haven't told you that there is one? Can you do a search on a will?
2: A will is a private document. So it is a matter for the person who's made the will uh, to tell somebody that they have made it and where it is. What often happens After the person has passed, if they haven't told their executor or a family member, my will is in Talons or my will is in whatever solicitor's office it is, there is a problem uh, for the beneficiaries because they don't know where it is. They may have seen a copy of it. There may be a copy in the house, but it mightn't necessarily lead them to the right solicitor. What you'd have to do is consult a solicitor. And they would then write to the solicitor's firms in the locality that that person may have gone to, to inquire as to whether they had made a will with them and did they hold it. If that doesn't yield information, you can put an advertisement in a national newspaper or the Law Society Gazette, which goes nationwide, to inquire where the will might be. Unfortunately, if you can not find the will, well then, it's taken they've died intestate. Well, back tested. to
3: square one. I have adult children in their twenties. If myself or my husband died, would they be entitled to some of the assets and property? Adult children in twenties. One or other of the husband or wife dies, have they an entitlement?
2: It depends on what's in the will. Are they talking about whether there's a will or... Yeah, well, you see, this is
3: the thing, and I want to say that back to you. If you have a will, you specify. Yes.
2: Yes. Yes. And husbands and wives generally make um, wills whereby they would leave everything to each other, Mm. appoint each other executors, and then they would deal with what would happen in the event of both of them dying in circumstances where it's taken that they've died together. So, for example, you step out onto a pedestrian crossing and you're mowed down by a truck. You're killed in a car crash. You go on a plane together. Or in circumstances where you get illnesses, and this often happens as we get elderly, and within two months of each other, you've died. That is taken that you've died together. So generally, people address that situation. They appoint New executors. Yes. And then they say what will happen to their estate. Mm. And most people, if they have children, they will leave it to their children in equal shares, except in certain circumstances. So the will will address all of those things
3: once it's made and I think that is the point of that person there if you have the will and you have specified if you don't have a will if I take it that you don't have a will and you have these adult children well then if anything happened one or the other they're going to come into the picture for sure, without the Well, on the will.
2: intestacy, if, if both parents are dead and there are children, the children will take Will inherit.
3: Equally. But say one person dies there, the husband or the wife, and there are three adult children, and there, that person who dies is intestate, no We're will. back
2: to the rules of intestacy. Which
3: means that the children will benefit. That's for sure. They're going to get a percentage of it. That is a that is fact. Can you write someone out of a will, in fairness, after you die? If you say, for example, I'm only coming up with an example here. Say you don't want someone in your family be it children or whatever, to have anything belong to you and you cut them out entirely and leave what you have to somebody else. Oh, yes. Can that be challenged?
2: You can do it and it can be challenged. So to answer the two questions, Yes. yes, it can be done and it can be challenged. You don't have to leave anything to your children. There is nothing in the Succession Act that puts an obligation on a person to leave anything to their children. So conceivably you could make your will and leave your children out entirely. Okay. Now, there is a proviso in that the Section 117 of the Succession Act allows your children challenge your will because you've done that. And they would do so on the basis that you failed in your moral duty to make proper provision for them. Now, um, there is a lot of cases on that particular point uh, that have gone to the courts, and uh, there, it's the area that's most highly contested uh, in relation to uh, estates. So you have to be very careful when you are making your will to consider that because the cost of such a challenge is in the circuit court and they are not cheap to take. Okay.
3: So you can challenge, but there's going to be a a cost to it. Um, Let me see. Uh, Tommy is a house owner and pays all his taxes and his household tax. Surely he's entitled to leave his house to whoever he wants.
2: You can leave your house to whoever you want with the proviso that if you have a spouse, you have to leave them their legal right share. You cannot leave your spouse out of your will unless you and your spouse are judicially separated and there's a court order to say that the spouse cannot inherit or you're divorced and the order says the spouse cannot inherit and you if you leave your children out as previously stated they can challenge your will <laughs> I'm laughing from the point
3: of view Tommy you're a goose you can but you can't (laughs) if you know what I mean (laughs) and what Deirdre means not what I mean but she's the expert here here's another look we're getting loads of questions and what Deirdre has said because time's going to beat us now we're going to take these questions right and Deirdre's coming back for part two of Will's and she's going to address all your questions and we're going to do that specifically next time round because we're we're, we're really fleeting through it today as, as much as we can here's this one for you my brother passed away last year he was 68 he was living in the home home house. It wasn't his house as such, as it was in my father's name, who passed away a good while ago. There were no wills made at all. Where do we stand? Hmm.
2: Well, it's very difficult to deal with when you don't have the actual specifics. You you, you would have to meet the person and get the full details before you would give.
3: But in uh, general, no will from the father, the son living in the house until he went into his late 60s. Passed away as well, no will either.
2: It's a tricky one, isn't it? It is, and again, the rules of intestacy would apply, and you would have to know the full details of the family before you could comment on that at all.
3: Okay, and we'll 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 have a little deeper look at that. We'll hold it, Bridie, as well for that bunch of they're flying in here at the minute. The questions by WhatsApp and text keep them coming to us because we are going to deal with them. Not today, but down the road, we're going to deal with them. At their oh eight six eighteen hundred six five eight, um who's entitled uh, to a copy of a will?
2: While the person is alive they can give a copy of their will to whoever they wish. It's their document, it's their decision. In the event of their death uh, it is a private document until it's taken to probate. So until a grant of probate is taken out it remains private And the executor and the beneficiaries are the only parties who can have a copy of the will. But once it's gone to probate and it goes through the probate office, anyone can search in the probate office for somebody's will and they can see whatever is in the will because it's now a document of public record. Okay,
3: two scenarios, marriage and divorce, Uh, looking at both, Do they revoke a will? Does marriage revoke a will?
2: Marriage revokes a will unless that uh, will was made in contemplation of marriage to the person who you have uh, made a beneficiary of your will. And just to give a quick example of that, because I know we're up against uh, time. uh, There was a case where, again, it was a farmer who was getting married. Uh, He got engaged he made his will in October 2008, got married in 2009. But the will that he made uh, after getting engaged, he left his land to his nephew and whatever was left over to his fian- fi- fi- fiance. I was about to say finance. <laughs> it's all about money, Deirdre. I know,
3: I know, I know.
2: He died shortly after they married and his then wife, uh, challenged the will, hoping to clear away the nephew and get all of the land for herself on the basis that their marriage had revoked his previous will. He had died intestate; She was the only spouse, so thus she should get everything. But the court upheld his will on the basis that he knew he was marrying her. He was engaged to her. The date was set. So he had made the will in contemplation of that marriage, and knew that all he was leaving her was what was called the residue. So
3: marriage, no...
2: Marriage will revoke a will unless it's a will made in contemplation of marriage. divorce. Divorce, no, but it is a change of circumstance that is very significant and as you get your divorce order, you should come and see your solicitor and make a new will.
3: Deirdre, we leave it there for today. You can talk to Talents in Drogheda and Ashbourne at any stage. Deirdre will be back. We'll give her copies of all the questions and she's coming back to this on late lunch and we'll deal with the specifics and more besides. But for the moment, Deirdre Moran, it's great to see you again. On late lunch this afternoon.
2: LMFM podcasts brought to you with Carper Cross Credit Union, where a student loan can help you finance your further education. Call to Carper Cross Credit Union O'Neil Street or at CU.ie.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more